talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views and the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com and owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting right now. Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We know your time is valuable, so we work hard to bring you the best in automotive content and interviews. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash driven radio show. On Twitter, uh, all the standard outlets everywhere. Great podcasts are heard. Front of the bar during happy hour. Oh, absolutely. That's uh, <laughs> that's where you that's where you're Two most likely for one. To, absolutely. That's where you're most likely to find us. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Hatfield. I'm here with Radio God Catfish Grills. Our uh, our usual compatriot. Our, Vern. Our where, third, where's Vern? Well, he made a promise to his wife. Oh, are, are they off on like a cruise or something? Are they are they on the Riviera watching the sunset, enjoying a fine shot? Something decidedly less manly than that. Are they having a little bit of the bubbly? You could say that. Yes, they're having a little bit of the Michael bubbly. Oh, God. Went what? To, went to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Somebody got cornered to taking his wife to Michael Buble. So. Well, you know what? Hey, good on you, Vern. Yeah, there you go. He's young. Uh, he's, he's <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> well played you, whatever. Yeah, yeah well, hey, good hey, on you. Whatever it, keeps to, whatever it takes to keep things solid yeah, at home. Whatever it keeps him in Mustangs. Yeah, I'm good. Absolutely. Yeah, good I, on you. And, and yay, Mrs. Vern. I hope you're having a wonderful evening. Yeah, I hope they have a good time. We'll catch up with them next week. Hey, uh, coming up, we've got uh, we've got a way for you to go really, really fast for not a lot of money. Ooh, like the sound of that. Yeah, well, it's this is stupid fast. Or you could buy a lot of other really interesting cars at this at the same location. Uh, we're going to talk about a guy who had a very interesting collection of Japanese domestic market only cars and interesting imports. And uh, then got caught doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And we're oopsie. going. Yeah. Oopsie is right. We're also going to talk to Ed Golden of Golden Customs oh, cool. New York. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ed's done a lot of really, really cool stuff. Yes, he has. Kind of lived the car guy dream. And uh, we're going to be able to have an opportunity to talk to Ed. Uh, so let's see who fed it and who ate it this week. <laughs> <laughs> if you've always wanted to go fast, and I mean really fast, this may be your chance. Uh, Australia's largest auto museum is closing its doors oh. after the owner has been having a long debate, red, ar- red argument, yeah. with the Australian government over taxes. Oh, oh, t- oh dude, and, taxes. Yeah, well. Uh, the wicked backstabber. I'll make a road for you that I'll take you to jail on. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> well, he's going to get to see some of what he paid for if he doesn't uh, doesn't get some things straightened out. Good on. The Gosford yeah. Classic Car Museum abruptly closed its doors last month following a protracted disagreement with the Australian government. More than 150 of the museum's vehicles, including... Oh my God. Including the Aussie Invader 3 rocket car. Hang on. Let me look this up. Aussie Invader Invader 3, a rocket-powered land speed racer. Uh, they're up for sale. Uh, they're going to auctions with Lloyd's auctioneers. <laughs> yeah, you see that thing? I'm going to strap my butt to... What the hell is that? <laughs> I'm going I'm to strap my butt 
to <laughs> yeah, a, a rocket to a rocket ship. Yeah, but it's all painted in all these kind of Aussie. Slash well, it's, almost... it's got that terrific Australian flag paint job that's yeah. on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what they did is they took a rocket ship, laid it on its side, put some steel wheels on it. They stole off of your wagon and uh, they've run this thing over over a, a, a salt lake in Australia. It's hit. 763 miles an hour. Oh, good Lord. Uh, they did that in October of 1997. Uh, they're also selling all kinds of really cool stuff and some very odd stuff as well. Uh, a you, lot of American remember, motor stuff. You remember when we had that little bit of an argument about how a fin works on a, on a really hot car? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This one, it, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, well, they're... Because you're basically a small airplane that, that scrapes the ground yeah, all, a, a fast. Very fast airplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got solid metal wheels. And yeah, well, I mean, you could cool get front a, intake. You couldn't spin a rubber tire that fast to disintegrate. Dude, that little cockpit is ridiculous. You're strapped to the side well, of a jet engine. Well, that's the thing. It's, you know, you see these rocket cars and it's, there's a cockpit on top of it and you can see what's going on and this doesn't have any of that crap it's you're riding side saddle you're in a saddlebag uh, a fiat 500 almost has that much room <laughs> I, I'd, I'd venture to say a fiat 500's got more oh you think yeah <laughs> maybe a little bit wow that's anyway, terrifying anyway the museum's selling a lot of stuff a lot of cool american motor stuff oh wow and you, some stuff you've never ever seen before a rambler rebel sst hearse <laughs> Hang on, let me pull this up. Okay, you go to the uh, the actual website for the uh, uh, the museum, and it just it says closed, and it's got a link here yeah, that takes you to Lloyd's Lloyd's online. online. Yeah. Okay, here I am. Oh, cool. Oh, wait, there. Look at, <laughs> look at that thing. <laughs> look at that. What thing. is wrong with you? <laughs> it's a Rebel SST. With a hearse grafted onto the back of it. <laughs> That's everything wrong with a dad car. Oh, just everything. But they've also got uh, a pair of Russian gas limousines. They've got a, oh my god. They've got an E thirty eight and an E forty nine Chrysler Charger RT. Those are Aussie Mopars stuff oh, we wow. didn't get here. Uh, they've got uh, the Aussie Invader three. They've got a hundred and fifty different cars going to auction. They've got Mad Max's uh, Ford Falcon. They've got a 75 Ford Falcon in there. Oh, cool. Only this was in really good condition. It kind of looks like the kind of strange, rather stumbling cousin of a Mustang Mach 1. Well, Australian stuff is... Only in 75. It's just a little different. It's just a little different. Oh, that's cool. But that that SST hearse is a whole lot different. Uh, This... I was reading about this Aussie Invader. This thing really got me. I'm kind of taken with the idea. (laughs) Uh, That's starting at... Well, right now, you know, when I when I printed this up, uh-huh. the auction price was at thirty grand. <laughs> <laughs> so what what it would cost Dude. to send one of your kids to a really good school for a year? Wait a minute, the thrust on this thing isn't that like a dollar per horsepower? Oh, I'm yeah. It's so I, I, ridiculous. I think you're even getting it under a buck. I think they said it was what thirty six thousand pounds, thirty six thousand horsepower, something like that. Oh my goodness! It gracious. was stupid. I, you know, you'd get zero miles per gallon. Well, yeah, you, you actually get anti miles per gallon. Well, I mean, well if, you're, <laughs> if you're if you're buying this for a commuter car, you've got bigger issues. But this, thirty six thousand horsepower. 
763 miles an hour, it'll go faster than an airliner. You know, I will be able to get to high V pretty darn quick. <laughs> I can't put a damn bit of groceries in there, but my God, I got there. Well, you, you darn sure can't buy any eggs because you're going to scramble those suckers on the way <laughs> I, home. I won't have a late rental back to the red box ever again. <laughs> God is my witness. <laughs> 763 miles an hour. The thing, I, I looked all this stuff up. This is amazing. One piece Kevlar body, a snackma, S E. S-N-E-C-M-A, 9K50, whatever that means. Axial flow turbojet engine, good for 18,000 pounds of thrust, 36,000 horsepower. Top speed, 763 for $30,000. Now, no idea what it would cost to ship that thing to the U.S. Oh from God. Australia. Can you imagine what an oil change is in on that? Sweet there, Lord in heaven. Well, there isn't one. It's a rocket oh. engine. You just... You, you, <laughs> You throw kerosene at it and light it on fire. <laughs> Just go. Yeah. But, uh, oh, and by the way, the $30,000, that's Australian. It's twenty one grand U.S. No, that's stupid. Yeah. Oh, daddy-like. Let's go shake the piggy bank, see what's <laughs> what we got. So anyway, if you want to go really fast, cheap, that's how you get to do it. Australian-wise. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, coming up, our special guest this week is Ed Golden of Golden Customs New York. And cool. he'll be with us to talk about custom cars, uh, the world of TV car shows, what it's like to steal a car with Jay Leno, and uh, a whole lot more. And that's coming up on Driven Radio. This is Driven Radio, the best car sounds for your ear holes. We've got a really cool guest with us tonight. Uh, this gentleman has been on TV a bunch. He's He and Jay Leno went and stole a car together one stole time. Stole a car? I stole a car together one time. <laughs> uh, he owns his own shop in New York. Uh, the this is Ed Golden from Golden Customs. Oh, he's, yeah. He's built cars for movies. He's built cars on TV. He does lots of cool things. And we're going to ask him about, about all of it. Ed, welcome to Driven Radio. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, Ed has done a lot of cool stuff. And the great thing, the really neat thing is he's kind of his own guy. He's Self-made man, you know, after uh, dropping out of high school and going on to a, a community college and getting a degree in uh, in auto body technology, he started his own shop. He's taught himself how to do everything under the sun on cars, and now he's, he's he, he, well, he's killing it. Ed, why don't you tell <laughs> well, I'm going to quit talking about this. We're just going to ask you questions and let you explain it. But I want to jump right in. I just got invited back up to my school by my teacher, Mr. Smith, who really was uh, really helpful in the beginning with me trying to open my business and gave me a lot of confidence. You know, I didn't have a father, so I guess like I didn't really realize, but I was always looking for that father figure. And, you know, and I guess in a weird way, Mr. Smith was kind of that, like, voice of that a little bit for me and uh, he invited me to come up to talk to the kids last week to his new students and it really went over great and I realized I have another passion I think that's going to be trying to get some of these young kids involved in trades and you know and how to avoid the pitfalls that I fell through you know 
Hey, and I, and I think that's fantastic. We need more people who know how to do things in this world. I don't think we have enough. Um, can you tell me about or tell us about uh, doing the Digger Dave F550 that you debuted at SEMA? How'd you get involved with that build? Well, um, talking to uh, Dave, you know, via online, I was a big fan of his. And, and I, you know, I was talking to some of the people from Gold Rush very vaguely. And then, I, you know, I was, I was reached out to Dave and we were just kind of talking. And, and I explained to him, you know, I had a custom car shop and, you know, very, uh, you know, Hey, if you ever need anything, I'd love to work with you, right? You know, and I think that's the best way to approach people is just be honest, you know, what your, you know, what your intentions are and everything. And, and I said, hey, man, if you ever need anything done, you know, let me know. I'm the guy for the job. Check out some of my pictures, some of the things I've done. And, like, immediately he gets back to me with this picture, this rendering of a, um, like, a, you know, a, a truck he would use gold mining. And it was kind of like a basic flatbed version um, of the truck. And then, you know, we started just going back and forth, and we clicked instantly. Dave's a sweetheart of a guy. He's really, he's like, the show doesn't even do him justice. His new show, the uh, he's doing a new show now that the truck's going to be featured on, or already is on Discovery Go, I think. And it's in, like, every episode. Um, when you see this show, you get to know a little bit more about Dave. You get to, you know, a little bit. Like, in the first show, he came across as kind of like a tough guy. And, and then when you get to meet him, he's such, like, the sweet, he's such, a great person he really getting to know Dave really affected me changed me my whole outlook um, and yeah then we just started going back and forth and then I was like alright great let's figure out a way to build this thing for you and then uh, he said well hey I'm not working right now uh, how about I come out there and help you a little bit and I was like so Dave Torrance going to come to my shop and help me build and <laughs> it just turned out to be yeah it was just awesome Dave is such a great guy and you know, having him there and, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, when you're around him, you instantly forget he's a celebrity. Oh, that's um, cool. Because he's just really, he's such a kind person and he's such a caring and he gives you so much attention. And, um, you know, that was it, you know. And then, you know, from there, we he was at my shop for, I'm not sure if it was three weeks or two weeks. I think it was more like three weeks, but like every single day working side by side. So we got the truck kind of started with Dave and then Dave had to go do his thing and then we finished it. Um, and then brought it to SEMA, and that's when he saw it first time at SEMA with that uh, the unveiling and, and you know the debut on the unveil stage. Oh, very cool! Tell us all about the truck. Well, you know, I mean, as far as power, it was a you know big F five fifty, and it's totally out of my I don't know wheelhouse is the right word, but it's like way way far away from some of the things I normally do. Um, and I like that I do different things. You know, a lot of guys in this industry um, they try to just niche themselves into a corner. Sometimes it's the best way to do it. I mean, for some people, it works great. Um, for me, I like to challenge myself. So there are some things on there that I've never even thought about attempting. But again, it's just materials, putting things together. Um, but we basically built everything, you know, with all, all my guys and, and some really great sponsors. Um, we built, a, you know, the whole bed, uh, you know, every piece, the front bumper, the back bumper, the wheel wells, the, the side steps, the roof rack, the, 
the welder rack, you know, and it's funny because it showed up with a gigantic Lincoln welder. And I'm a giant Lincoln fan, so I'm thinking it's a big welder right from the picture. When it shows up, I mean, this thing was like, it had a, tur- like, I think a turbo diesel motor inside of it, you know? We had to get a boom truck to move it around. I mean, it was like, I went, I like, I jumped in feet first with this big rig uh, type vehicle you know well it just goes to show you get your shop is capable of doing about anything uh what's it yeah, like we to stretched it a little on that one but we got it done <laughs> what's it like to debut a car at sema well um i can tell you it was okay so i'll tell you how it started it's kind of a good story um you know every time you're at these sema events and stuff like that you know for me it's a good opportunity to run into people i've worked with and friends and stuff so i really wanted to you know talk to Chip and, and, and sometimes Chip's so busy and it's hard to approach him and I'm not one of those guys that you know is, is, is tugging at him you know um, and I was walking to the, the unveil and I see a guy sitting in the golf cart I'm like boy that looks just like Chip Foose and I'm like but it can't be Chip Foose just sitting in the golf cart by himself but it was and I, and I walked over <laughs> to him and I'm like hey Chip you know uh, and it's funny because you know like I don't believe a lot of things that people try to tell me is happening, right? I I don't look too deeply into things, and I try to keep my feet on the ground. And I said to myself, well, if I walk up to Chip and he doesn't even recognize me, it's going to be heartbreaking. (laughs) Right before the unveil, I probably would have, like, had an anxiety attack. What happened to the romance, Chip? Um, What happened to the romance? (laughs) So I say, uh, hey, Chip. He goes, hey, Ed, how you doing? I heard you here with some really cool gold truck, right? And I was like, all right, that's all I need to hear, you know? (laughs) You know, listen, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and I wanted to thank him, you know, because he's done some cool things for me. He did the Cardio Magazine cover with me, him, and, uh, and Jay Leno. And that was big for me. Like, for Chip, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was big for me. And I, I just wanted to thank him personally for some of these things. And I said, well, listen, I, I really got to go. I'm doing the unveil. It's the first time I've ever doing anything like this. But, uh, you know, hopefully I catch up with you later. You know, we saw him briefly after this. A little bit of recognition goes a long way, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I walked to that. Forget it. So now I get there, and there's, you know, hundreds of people. There's cameras everywhere. There's TV crews. And uh, Chip's the first guy to go on ahead of me. Oh, no. So I'm sitting there like, oh, okay. So now I have pressure at, like, level 10, and now i got to follow (laughs) Chip's boost. Which, you know, so now the funny thing was, I think I was supposed to go right after him with a third part, you know, second person after him. And, you know, the guys from West Coast Customs and Can Dig It. And there was a handful of big celebrities and, and stuff. So I said to the guy with the, with the stage, I said, listen, I said, how strong is this stage? Because my truck's pretty big. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little afraid. I'm afraid to, you know, and it's funny because one of my friends was like, why did you open your mouth? If that truck would have crushed the stage, you would have been the biggest thing at SEMA, right? Yeah, that would have killed. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so the guy said, well, how heavy? I thought, I'm not really sure, but it's a, it's a big truck. So they put me on at the end, which was in, in a way it was bad because... Because I got to, like, my nerves started working up. Um, but at the end of the day, once Dave got there and saw the truck, he loved it. And, you know, everything went well. And it was uh, it was an honor. You know, out of all those cars, I think there was, I think, 11 cars or, or 10 or 11 or 12 cars that went over that stage. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to be one of them, you know. And, it was, uh, and then to give Dave his car there that way was just perfect. You know, it was really, I wouldn't have imagined a better way to, to give somebody their vehicle. We're talking to Ed Golden of Golden Customs, New York. Uh, Ed, 
how did you get involved with Mike Rowe? Well, you know what's really funny is at SEMA, we had gotten a, a phone call, um, you know, that, that there was something that was, you know, you know, again, I don't, I don't, you know, God, it sounds funny to say, but I kind of stopped asking how people heard of us. I used to do that a lot. Right. You know, and, and it's just cause like, you know, it, sometimes it makes you seem like, well, where did you see? And, you know, you really don't want to come off like that. Um, with everything going on at SEMA, and I think it was right around when we were doing the unveil. I think it was a few hours before. And I got a call saying there was something, and it was for a TV show, and that's usually all they could tell you. You know, they really don't give you too much information in the beginning. They want you to sign, you know, non-disclosures or yes, whatever, sir. and you can't talk about it and blah, blah, blah. But we had gotten the call to do that at SEMA, and then when I got back from Las Vegas, you know, one of the first phone calls I made was this because it popped back into my head. And they said, yeah, this, that, the other thing. And then they said, oh, well, this is going to be with Mike Rowe, and they told me why and what it was for. And I was like, are you kidding me? I just got done working with Dave Turin, who could be the nicest guy in the world. And then you're working with Mike Rowe, who could be the nicest guy in the world. And, uh, you know, he was, again, he was such a sweetheart. He was really great. Like, Mike was so great on camera. And I learned, and within a few minutes of just seeing him work, it kind of taught me a little bit. Like, I have some really good role models, you know, with some of this stuff in the future, and, you know, there's hopefully some things happening. I've been really lucky to have good people to, to you know, kind of uh, model, you know, as how to do it right. Even with Chip Foos, and he's such a sweetheart, and, you know... So it's just, uh, but yeah, working with Mike Rowe, it was kind of like, uh, hey guys, guess who we're working with now? And uh, <laughs> everyone's eyes like popped out of their head. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So it's a dirty it's, job, uh, but you've got to do it. Oh, you just wow. got to do it. <laughs> Way to tie that together. <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back with more from Ed Golden of Golden Customs on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling car podcast anywhere. We're speaking with Ed Golden of Golden's, Golden Customs, and when we left, uh-huh. we were just talking about uh, how Ed got to know Mike Rowe. Ed's, oh, the coolest guy ever. Oh, yeah. Inspiration for my son, even. Uh, my son's a plumber now. 19 years old and making so much more, more money than I did when I'm, I graduated, you know, squeezed four years into five in college. And, I, and, I'm proud dude, of your son, and he's not well, even my kid. Yeah. Ed, uh, That's great. Yeah. You got to know Micro, and then you wound up building a... Well, it, it, tell us about the van that you built for Mike's show. Okay, well, um, it was for a gentleman that started a nonprofit group called Get Focused. And basically what he was doing was getting these kids reading, and he would give them free books, but he would make them, like, exercise a little, right? So he's taking... <laughs> You know, two things that kids don't really do anymore and uh, exercise a little and and read. So what he would do is get these kids involved in these books and, um, you know, make them do jumping jacks and give them free books and they would read. And it was just a great idea. I can think Um, of worse tricks. we realized, you know... Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, you know, if I'm blessed with anything, I think um, it's very easy for me to look at a situation 
from the outside and tell the best way to have a vehicle tell its story or do its job. Um, you know, so we realized that it would still need some sort of television. It would need some sort of, you know, speaker system, but he would need storage for the sports equipment, but also have a place for the books. So we had a sprinter van and we just made the best use of the space. And, uh, I think we did a pretty good looking, you know, version of what the guy wanted. He was blown away. And, uh, but yeah, it was just for a great cause. And, and it was like, you know, you're with Mike Rowe doing something great with him alone is great. Right. Like I could just sit, I would do a show just sitting at a table with him. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have to do anything. I'd just be happy to be just sitting there around a the guy. But your um, shop and then being able to sh- but your shop yeah. managed to turn a van into a library, a gym and a media center. Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty much it in a nutshell, yep. Um, And listen, that's what keeps um, what I do interesting. You know, I'm lucky to be invited into some of these situations. And, you know, like sometimes you come to my shop and like, uh, for example, today I was welding a little uh, a piece to put a 55 um, ignition switch in a 52 Chevy, but I had to make a, a template piece for the dashboard. It was just welding little pieces together, and there's there's no magazines, there's no cameras, there's no ta-da. Um, so when you do get to do the fun stuff, it kind of offsets it a little bit. It takes the the pressure of, you know, humdrum, you know, it takes the boredom out of it because you know right around the corner there's something cool, you know, waiting for you. Oh, yeah, okay. And you don't know how much you're driving the knife in. I tried to <laughs> weld one time, and you're talking so nonchalantly, like, yeah, it's just a little welding. And I'm like, oh, my God, welding? That's, that's you know, Hephaestus at the Forge making art because I've tried to weld, and all I do is burn a magnificent hole. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, and this is a shameless plug, but I'm going to tell you this. I've always been a Lincoln Electric fan. Um, from day one, when we did the Funkmaster Flex TV show, they supported us, and and now with the Dave Turin thing, we kind of you know got that relationship going again. I smell the a new sponsor. Lincoln. <laughs> they have a listen. They have an MP210, I think it's called. So well do we have, and it's like almost idiot proof. I mean, you almost, know, the uh, almost they, challenge accepted. <laughs> like it's it's such a great machine. It's leaps and bounds better than some older technologies. Okay. This is so. Um, yeah. So when you say that, I have the right. You know, I have the right equipment for the right job. Is definitely, uh, definitely <laughs> that probably helps, and the right person using that right equipment. <laughs> this is what I've been dying to ask you. Now, first of all, how did the the guys from Overhauling find you? But secondly, what's it like to steal a car with Jay Leno? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I've told this story before, but I'll try to shorten it up a little. Um, we actually got approached by some producers of Overhauling a few times because you know some of the you know bit of magazines. And, and stuff like that, and some other TV stuff. Um, but everyone that was working there, either someone left or someone quit or whatever. And then uh, Chip comes walking up to a Corvette of mine, which was like the tackiest car I've ever built. It was all airbrushed and gaudy and whatever. I mean, it was at the time, it was great. Oh, sure. But it wasn't a car I wanted Chip to see. And, you know, Chip really liked it. And he asked me if I thought about doing overhauling. And I, you know, I told him, I said, yeah, I was supposed to do it here and then there, then here, then there. And uh, he said, okay, draw, I'm going to send you, you know, uh, send me a couple drawings for this car, this car, and this car, what you would do. 
So, of course, I did the opposite because he really liked my Corvette, which I didn't even like it as much as I think Chip did. So, you know, the fact that he was impressed with it, you know, because there were some things that were happening there underneath the lipstick of the car. There was a lot of... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the car was airbrushed. It had red candy and splatter and it's biomechanical. And we kind of went a little crazy to match a company's theme. So I kind of lost my vision a little bit. I kind of uh, sold my soul to the devil with that car, but it did so much for us, I I can't complain. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I did something very reserved, something very classy, something a little timeless in all these drawings. And it's funny how, how when Chip wants you to do something, you know, I think we were at the show on a Saturday or Sunday. I think a Sunday. And Monday morning, I got a call from the producer like, hey, Chip wants this, that, A, B, C, D. And, and then I tried to talk myself off that episode because there was that guy, Mike Lavalley, the guy from Killer Paint. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to work with him, and he was doing an episode of overhauling. So I was like, "Great, I'm going to do an episode overhauling. I could get the two birds with one stone. This is awesome." <laughs> there you go. And it was like right in the next few weeks. And I kept trying to talk to the producer about getting me switched to that episode that uh, that guy was on. And then finally, you know, long story short, she's like, "Listen, it's with Jay Leno and Chip wants you on this one specifically. So what do you want to do?" And I'm like, "Never mind." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that that's that's pretty much how it happened. Um, Jay himself was a sweetheart you know um, like I said he did the cover with Cardio Magazine with me at his shop and like it was like a four hour photo shoot and um, it was just surreal you know and, and, and Jay I was always a big fan of his you know after Johnny Carson Jay jumped in it was kind of like eh and then it was uh, you know he was just funny and then in person he's He's much funnier um, because he's really him. It's not a scripted TV show, right? It's just him being a funny guy. Sure. Um, Dave Kalaki is his best friend, and that was the gentleman who owns the Nomad. Um, and Dave is my friend. And luckily enough, Dave's sweetheart. He, again, one of the nicest people I've met in your life. Always very supportive of me. You know, always a guy I could call if I have a question or something a little bigger, you know, than, than, than me. And I could call him and I kind of get a little bit of, a, you know, advice from a higher level. Um, but, you know... Jay calls Dave and messes with him. Well, I call him and prank him. You know, he'll call him and yell at him because the guy has a transmission shop. So Jay apparently can do great voices. So he'll call up and say, oh, my, you know, my transmission's dead in the side of the road. I'm going to kick his butt. You know? and, and it's funny. And, and he'll he'll get off the phone with me for a second. And he'll click back and go, oh, Jay got me again. And, he, you know, and it's just, it's so funny to be sitting on on the wall when you, you know that on the other end of the line is, is Jay Little just, with all his cars and his money and his fame and his recognition, he still takes the time out of the day to mess with one of his friends like I would. Oh, just, you know, so it's like it's just it's refreshing, you know. Really, well, he's just a guy like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. So you've been on a lot of TV shows and you've done a lot of stuff. Man, we're not going to get to half of it. What do, what do TV shows... Part two, part two. No, <laughs> hey, no problem whatsoever. We'd, we'll have you back in a heartbeat. For the rest of the week, we could, we could go 24-7. So what do TV shows get wrong about custom car building? Time. Oh, absolutely. Time, time, money, time, money, and reality. <laughs> oh, is that all? <laughs> the rest of it's great. What reality TV gets wrong is reality. Um, no, you know what? I mean, for me, um, 
everything we did was a timeline, right? I mean, uh, we did Car Wars and that was a timeline and we almost messed it up. That's a whole other story. Um, you know, overhauling was a really strict timeline because it was with Jay Leno. And I mean, it was down to the minute. There was not, it wasn't like you have a day, an extra day. I mean, you know, um, even up at Orange County Choppers, I help out with those guys a little bit. Uh, maybe next week I might be on an episode if they didn't cut me out. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so um, they may have they may be at my shop next week or the week after. I'm not sure which. I, I think hopefully, right? Um, at the end of the day, their timelines are real, and it's funny because I get that question a lot about Orange County Choppers, right? I get the first question is is the whole thing with the pole and, and the sun and is that all real? And it's like to be honest with you, I mean it's definitely real because you can just see it in the air, but I've never been the one to ask him a personal question like that, even though we're friendly and we fish a little bit. And now he's become a real friend, um, which a little while, uh, but you know, the reality of it there, it's very real. Even though most people think that OCC is fake, it's very real. I mean, the pressure is real. The timelines are real. The, the customer is stressing are real, you know? So what I think TV gets wrong in some things, I've seen a lot of things that are totally like doctored and totally fake. And, and so that's probably what it gets wrong. You know, I would say is that it's just, right. you know, it, unless you have uh, half a million dollars, you can't build a car in a week. But if you do, then that becomes a reality. Now it's a reality show. It's just a very expensive reality show. So in the real world, compared to real people, you can't take a car that's, you know, covered in rust and make it beautiful in a week. That's what's just not real. Uh, but again, if you have enough money and enough, you know, when we did overhaul, and I was blown away because there was so many talented people in the room. Oh, well, and when one talented guy went away, another two talented guys filled his spot. That's so cool. it was like, okay, you know, so I guess it's altered. It's whatever your, your reality is. Is right, you know. I guess that's what it comes down to. That's and just cool. remember, patina is popular. <laughs> just oh, spray it with great. clear love coat patina. and collar done. <laughs> I, I love patina and matte black. Oh, amen, hallelujah. Matte black, <laughs> matte black. Let's do it. Murder it out. I got happy. Baby. That looked that looked good for a little while. Yeah, I did. I did a Corvette of mine. Everyone loved it, and I started doing a bunch of cars. I had to stop. Because I would have been just like the Matt Black shop, and that's it, you know. <laughs> We've been hanging out with Ed Golden of Golden Customs New York. You can find uh, Ed at www.goldencustomsny.com on Facebook, forward slash edgolden.56, and also forward slash Golden Customs NY. And uh, you can find the links to Golden Customs on readthedriven.com. Ed, thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it. And yeah, we're going to have to have you back. Amen. Because we didn't awesome. get to. Half. We didn't get to half the stuff I want to talk to you about. Thanks so much for yeah. being with us. Anytime you need me, I'm there, fellas. It's been an honor. Thank you very much. Oh, Ed, thanks a ton. Hey, we'll be back in a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's hanging around on Craigslist. Bottom feeding. Oh, yeah. And the worst example of a disco vet you've ever seen. <laughs> All that and more coming up next on Driven Radio. You're back with more Driven Radio. Wow, that, that Ed Golden knows a little bit of stuff. Dude, that's a fountain knowledge. Yeah, he's he's, he's the real deal. He's been around, and he's been there, and he's done that. <laughs> now, I sent you a message earlier today. Yeah, I saw we that. Were, we were talking about 
stuff we found on Craigslist, uh-huh. on eBay, stuff like that. You showed me that really cool Chrysler 300 that I think you ought to just. You know, I'm going to call the guy. I, I had uh, also sent you that one that was on the 65 Mercury um, uh, Monterey. Yeah. Uh, with, the, with the breezeway window. And that thing was in some kicking condition. Cool condition, but if you stick your foot in it and it blows blue smoke, then... Yeah, he you know, he mentioned that, and then when I kind of said, well, hey, I'm having some... I, I've been talking to you and some of our other uh, mechanic friends yeah. about it, and uh, when I mentioned that in a message thing, and his reply was, that's why it's so cheap. Okay, okay like, yeah, yeah well, that's okay. nice. You can keep Now, that. the cute thing about that, the one thing I will say about it, it's down in Arkansas, which is really weird, because I swear to you by all that's holy, it's the same road that I went to go look at the other 65 <laughs> that the preacher <laughs> lied to me about. Oh, oh, oh. Hell yeah, it's oh, ready to go if you don't mind the oh. oil being solid you didn't, you didn't seem you didn't save the phone number from the first guy did you this is not the same <laughs> guy on a boomerang <laughs> this one the car is completely different uh, you know it's beautiful it's all gone through it's a kind of yellow and it just no it's i ridiculous. saw the picture it looked cool did you see the 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 one thing they'll bring up then let's move on the uh the fan shroud that had the signatures on it oh really the fan shroud was signed by the family because they rebuilt they had this thing gone through had the engine rebuilt for this guy's father for okay. grandpa and uh, it was Grandpa re- was living out in Washington, state was, of Washington. It was rebuilt by the family, as in the family turned the wrenches on it? No, I think they, they paid somebody to do it and then got that, and Grandpa got to drive it oh, for a while, well. but now Grandpa had to go into a home. Well, when you and, said uh, they rebuilt the engine, no, I'm No, they thinking, paid to have it rebuilt, but then they signed the hood cowl. They, and I think that's just so cool. I think that's a, a wonderful story for the history of the car that it they is. did all this stuff for them. So it all looks nice, but yeah, when the engine's going... <laughs> Well, um, that's yeah. why when you said the family rebuilt it, I'm thinking they let the slow cousin put the piston rings on it. That's why it smokes. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that's okay. That's kind of dark. <laughs> anyway, I found something really, really interesting Do on tell. Craigslist. And the funny thing is, it's here in town. This is not a nationwide oh, nice. search. I just kind of, you know, I'm stumbling around. I'm looking at old hot rods. I'm looking at Corvettes and crap like that. And one pops up and it says it's an L88 Corvette. Now, for those who don't know, L88 Corvettes are really, really rare. Why? Well, the total production was only 216 units over three years. And they only made 216 Corvettes? No, 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 216 L88s. L88, what is an L88? The L88 is a race motor. Oh, it's the engine. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the engine is... is <laughs> I'm so ignorant. Well, no, 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 no. Most people don't know. It, it's, it's set up to be a race-only motor. You couldn't get one with power steering or power brakes or air conditioning, heat, radio. It wasn't meant to be a street-driven engine. It was rated at 430 horse. But that was crap because they rated it at 430 horse at like 4,000 RPM. True output on the car was closer to 500, and in oh. race tune, it was 600. Oh, my God, on a piece of plastic. Yeah, well, wow. in, a, in a tiny fiberglass car Yeah, with not a lot around you. These were meant to go out and go fast, and that's what they were used for. They were used for road racing and Can-Am and drag racing and stuff like that, and they went out and they killed. They were really incredible cars. Uh, you had to have, there's a sticker. Now, I've seen one because I've seen a couple L88s turn up at sales. There's a sticker that's on the console right underneath the emergency break that says warning vehicle must operate on a fuel having a minimum 103 research octane and 95 motor octane or engine damage will result you're gonna have to go down to gardner airport every time you want to gas up yeah well and then you got to have a conversation with the faa about why you want to pour grape juice (laughs) hey new century could i borrow some fuel i don't think so i don't think so i don't think so (laughs) anyway there's a show car from the 70s called the wild thing 
<laughs> and, yeah, I, wait till you see the pictures oh, of it. Oh, there it is. Hang on. Okay. You see oh, what I'm talking I'll click about it through. Now? Oh, my. It has T-tops. It's on Kansas. It, well, it has glass T-tops before that was a thing. Yeah, it's begging it's, to die. It's all on right. Kansas City Craigslist. It's listed oh, for $85,000. Oh, is that all? Buy two. Well, and it's an L88. It had a wreck in the early 70s. They rebodied it with this big, wide Can-Am body thing. And the owner uh-huh. took it road racing and did all the things that it was meant to do. But... Look at that thing. Doesn't that look like it was owned by some wild, (laughs) drugged up Coke dealer in the 70s? Well, my first thought, I'm looking at it. It's red and it's got that kind of swoopy white thing on the side like the old Coca-Cola cans. Like Coca-Cola. Like Coca-Cola dealer. dealer. Coke dealer. Anyway. Look at that bad boy. It's pretty, though. In the ad, it claims that it's an original L88, which makes it incredibly rare with a four-speed rock crusher crusher transmission, which would have been correct for the car. But... The 67 L88s regularly, when they come up, which is very infrequent, they're seven-figure cars over a million dollars. 68 and 69s will see upper six figures. So if this thing's really an L88, somebody needs to buy it and take it back to original, get it back to what it was. Now, if it's what would it take to do that? Because I even I can see that there's even a roll cage in this thing. Well, it's been completely rebotted. You'd have to take it down to the frame and start over. But. If you bought it for eighty or eighty-five, and then you had another hundred thousand dollars and a really you dropped in it, yeah, yeah, you're you're in it for two hundred k, and it's worth sell it for a mil, and it's worth seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred. Yeah. So I was looking at that, thinking, "Wow, do I have a? Can I do this? Can I do this? Yeah. Do I have, <laughs> do I have enough sack to throw down on that? <laughs> and, and the answer from my mortgage banker is no. You no, do not. you do not. No, you do not. Stupid. Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, for, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. And I I, I got to get to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to go buy Tony Montana's Corvette with a big bad engine in it, it's available for eighty five grand on Kansas City Craigslist. We will have the link available on Reed's. <laughs> driven.com oh. now what did you find oh man i just feel dirty now oh, <laughs> no, come not, on. No, okay I'll, I'll give you the most expensive one that i found hey, we weren't asking the, price we weren't the coke dealers who owned the corvette <laughs> okay uh if you really want to know the most expensive one i found is listed at 9800 and it is in kansas city 9800 uh, bucks it's a 1955 nash ambassador custom oh it's got a factory packard v8 uh supposedly has a bunch of new parts battery brakes fuel pump carburetor points no no rust good chrome too true classic now the paint you can't see this for my printer decided to print everything out in black and white, which I guess is probably kind of appropriate for this car. Yeah, well. But uh, <laughs> check it out. It's got the oil well uh, air cleaner. It's all original. And it's really cool. It's kind of an orange. It's that long Nash. Yeah, the yeah, big, yeah. big, long, tanky-looking one, but still has that oval uh, grill that I love so much from Nash. Well, I, I reviewed a 53 uh, Nash, and it was a, a custom-bodied thing that was at the Meekum auction a couple years ago. Had that same grill and headlight set up. That's a pretty cool-looking car. And the, yeah, it's pretty sweet. And, and you found that here in town? Yeah. That's here in Kansas City. Oh, that's very cool. I dig that. Hey, that's that's not quite as weird as a <laughs> Rambler SST hearse. It's not, it's not up into that, oh but the shipping Lord. will cost you a lot less. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can just take an Uber over and pick this thing oh, up. Oh, no doubt. I can get it towed for $300. <laughs> uh, the other, one other thing, well, a couple other things real fast. Here. I like the Nash. That was cool. Um, well, actually, I don't really have much. I found a uh, 58 Studebaker Commander. Yes. Down in Springfield yes. for 3200 Love me a Dude. I found a 55 Plymouth Savoy with 50,000 miles on it. It's green. It is minty condition for 6,000 in oh, Oklahoma. Baby. Oh, I know. Baby. Then that 66 Chrysler, and I'm not going to tell anybody where that is because I'm going to go, gonna go try, I'm gonna try to make an offer on that one, but it has 50,000 miles on it. Oh, I want to go with Chrysler Newport 300. 
68 Plymouth Fury for 1500 needs a little work. And you know what? There are others on here. Feel free to list them. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to wrap that I up. I see lots and lots and lots of paper over there covering your control board. Oh, my God. There was so much bottom-feeding love. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> hey, I will say this for you. You have infected me with your <laughs> with your sickness. With your ugly carnist. I, yes. I, I have come to be a lover of the land barge. <laughs> Good and, on you. And as the owner of a couple of 60s Impalas, I kind of got a cop You're to that. You're practically there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just have my own version of it. I just got it. a mope par you up a little bit just oh, mo- just mo- par you up just a little just, bit you just kind of rub a little virgil extra just, on him he'll you just be just a little fine. more chrome there a little more chrome a little fatter body a little more virgil he'll be just fine <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe we do this thanks so much for spending time with driven radio we love what we do and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience Amen. oh my lord uh you can find us at online at readthedriven.com follow us on facebook at, at forward slash driven radio twitter at driven radio show pippa io hey any place you want to find a podcast you can find us there for uh, my co-hosts catfish groves and the currently absent Vern estes i am brett hatfield uh hey we'll catch you next time on driven radio 